Cool. Well, it's great to be speaking to all of you today. Can everyone hear me at the back? Right, good stuff. Um, cool. So, um, yeah, me and James are going to be preaching today. Um, I'm going to be preaching on why I believe Jesus is the truth. And James is going to be talking about uh, how the truth will set you free. Um, so I'm just going to get straight in. Uh, okay, cool. So, um, yeah, in Matthew chapter 16... There you go. Cool. All right. Uh, in Matthew chapter 16, uh, verse 13 to 16, it says, <clears throat> When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. What about you? he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now we can see here, <clears throat> Jesus asked his disciples a question. Who do people say I am? Or who do the people say I am? And Peter responds by saying, Many say John the Baptist, some say you know, they're reminded of um, Elijah or Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Um, and you know, in those days, people had different views about who Jesus was. I think it's the same today. Like, uh, as a student ministry, we've been out sharing our faith over the last couple of weeks and speaking with our friends. Um, you know, I've heard various different answers to that question of who is Jesus. Because um, everyone has heard of Jesus. Everyone knows, that he, everyone knows that there was a man called Jesus who lived and who impacted this world. We see here, Jesus, uh, Jesus goes on with Peter and makes it personal when he asks him, Who do you say I am? And that's a question that I believe we all must answer. I think your perspective of Jesus, your opinion of Jesus, is the most important opinion that any person can have. Um, it will not only affect how you live in this life, but it will also affect where you spend eternity. And so I think it's incredibly important that you have the right opinion on who Jesus was. And so what I want to talk about today is, is there a right way to live? Is Jesus truly who he said he was? Um, that's the question I want to answer today. And what I'm going to be sharing is why I believe Jesus is the only way. I believe he is the truth. Why there aren't many routes, multiple options to God. Um, but because of what Jesus said and the way he lived, he is the only option left to us. Um, and then James is going to talk about how the truth will set us free. So yeah, what I want to look to, I want to... It's kind of messed up, this iPad. Uh, Cam, can you? Where's the camera? Oh, okay. Huh? Is there a clicker? Okay, cool. Oh, there we go. Cool. Yeah, so in the book of John, Jesus makes many I am statements about himself. Um, so you can see here, he says, I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I'm the door for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the true vine. So you can see here that Jesus make, he says many radical things about himself. Okay? Um, I've got C.S. Lewis, Lewis quote here. He says, A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said wouldn't be a great moral teacher. He'd either be a lunatic on the level with a man who says he's a poached egg, or else he'd be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman, or something worse. So, I think... In our culture today, like, 
many people tend to think, yeah, Jesus, he was a good guy, like, he was a good moral teacher, nice guy, had you know, nice teachings, but no, I, I, don't, I don't think he was the son of God. Um, but if you look at what Jesus says, like, there's no possible way he could just be a good teacher. Like, this guy, Jesus, was, he made some outrageous claims. Was he either a complete madman, a complete, a complete liar, a complete madman, completely crazy, or he truly was the son of God? Um, either what he said is not true, and that makes him a liar or a lunatic, what he said is true and we need to obey him as Lord. And so my main point today is that Jesus is the truth and he's the only way. Uh, turn your Bibles to John chapter 16. 14, sorry. So yeah, John chapter 14, verse, reading verse 1 to 6. It reads, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you, knew, if you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So we see Jesus having this chat with his disciples. and um, He's saying, like, don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm, I'm going on ahead of you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And Thomas comes up to him and he says, how can we know the way? Like, what, are we, what are we meant to do? And Jesus says a very radical statement and claim. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Um, yeah, I think, you know, Jesus doesn't say, I am a truth. He doesn't say, I am a way. He says, I am the way, I am the truth. And I think this is something that our society doesn't really like. Um, you know, even as Christians, like, even this week, I was having a, like a Bible study with one of my friends. And I was, like, almost kind of hesitant to share that, like, Jesus is the only way, there's no other options. Uh, because if what Jesus said is true here, then it rules out, like, every other religion. It means that anyone who is not a true Christian is not going to heaven. It means that anybody who has not accepted Jesus as their saviour is not going to heaven. Um, it doesn't matter, like, if you think you're a good person or not. It doesn't matter, like, if you give loads to charity. It doesn't matter, like, your perception of yourself. If what Jesus said is true, you're not making it. Um, according to Google, there are 4,200 religions, so yeah, quite a lot. And you know, people might look at that and think, well, surely there can't be one which is right. Like, there's so many options, right? Um, but I really think that is like a ploy of Satan to deceive and distract us from the truth. Um, I guess even the fact that there's so many Christian churches and so many different denominations and uh, it creates so much confusion in our world. I think because. So many Christians and churches not following what the Bible says. But, yeah, as a Christian, you might tell people Jesus is the only way. Um, and it can come across maybe as, like, being arrogant. But that's really not the case. Like, it's not that God looked down and saw all these religious groups and just picked which one, like, he thought was the best. <laughs> it's, that he came, he, it's that he came down and taught us how we need to live. Um, I think we live in a very, like, relative culture where people have their own truth and we don't really... Um, 
you know, you know, you're a Christian, like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'm happy for you, but that, that's not for me. Um, and even people who believe in God think, surely, like, God, God, God will understand. Like, if I don't follow Jesus, then, like, he'll understand, like, there's so many choices that like, I, I don't know what, what's, what I'm meant to do. Like, he'll, you know, I'll be okay. Um, that's what a lot of people like to think, and I think that's completely not true. Um, I think a big lie in our society is that I'm a good person and God won't judge me. I think because of God's perfect justice, he is a judge and we will all be judged in this life. And the truth is that all of us have sinned and all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. But none of us, but, and therefore none of us are truly good people. Um, and that's why the only solution is not for us to work our way to heaven, like most religions say, or most religious leaders say, but actually for God to come down and save us, and that was done on the cross. I think the one thing that sets Christ apart from many religious leaders is that he doesn't say, follow me and I'll show you the truth. He says, I am the truth, follow me. Um, you know, I believe when you, look, when you look at Jesus, it's not possible that he was a liar. He didn't have the motive. Like, uh, you know, he, Jesus was tortured and crucified for the claims that he made, for the claims he made to be the son of God. Because at the time, the, the religious establishment considered it blasphemy. And you've got to ask yourself, like, why would he go through so much suffering if he did not have to? Like, why did he go through that for something which he made up himself? And, you know, Jesus didn't gain, did not personally gain anything from his teachings. He didn't become wealthy or powerful. He upset his family and the religious leaders. Um, he was often facing threats and persecution from people. And he, in fact, like, even when often people came to Jesus and wanted to follow him, and he turned them away because he didn't want to water down his teachings. So it shows that he wasn't someone who was seeking popularity and seeking to have as many people like, following him um, if it meant that they did not follow his teachings as he taught them. Um, I think when you really observe the life of Jesus, you can see that he was, it's quite incredible that he was born in a small village by a peasant woman. He worked as a carpenter. He never owned a home. He didn't have any physical beauty that would attract us to him. Uh, he never went to like, university or school, or, or he went to school. He never went to like college. Uh, he never had a family of his own. He never travelled more than 200 miles from the place he was born. Like, and at the age of 30, his closest friends betrayed, denied, and fled from him. And he was beaten, and he was hung on a cross like a criminal. That doesn't really sound like, if you think, that doesn't really sound like someone who is like someone special. It doesn't sound like someone who could have much of an impact when I, those things I just listed. Um, but there's, like, there's no one or nothing that has, has had anything close to the impact Jesus has had on the lives of mankind. He's had a radical impact. It doesn't really make sense when you just look at like, his life and his upbringing. Um, I believe the only answer is that he truly was the Son of God. Another C.S. Lewis quote <coughs> says, You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let none of us come with any patronising nonsense about him being a great human teacher. He's not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Um, so yeah, I feel like we're all in a position where we all need to make a decision about who Jesus is. I feel like even so many people at uni, like they don't even, they don't even bother to like explore that and actually look into who Jesus was and look into the evidence which is there. Um, 
You know, I think it's not possible he was a liar. He didn't have the motive to lie. I think it's not possible he was a madman. He, his consistency, his purity, his wisdom, uh, the way he handled situations, uh, like his world, the impact he had on the world, like it's not possible. He, he was just a crazy person. Um, and I think also for many people who are doubting, even myself at times, like when I'm doubting God and doubting who Jesus is and doubting the Bible, um, often it's not really like um, I'm not really sure if this is true or not. Often the case is like this is actually really inconvenient to my life <laughs> because like if you become a Christian, then you know you gotta quit your drinking, you gotta stop having a sexual relationship with your girlfriend, you gotta you know what your friends gonna think of you if you become a Christian. Um, so I think the real issue isn't always lack of faith, sometimes it's, it's actually inconvenient. Um, and back in Jesus' time, many people would question him uh, in that time. He would tell them just to put his teachings to the test. Uh, in John 7, 17, it says, Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. I think a lot of the time we just sit back and like, examine and you know, critique, but Jesus says just put it to the test. Um, I think the, the fact of the matter is that when we apply Jesus' teaching to our lives, big things happen, and big changes occur. And when I look at my life and I compare that with, like, with my friends or some of my extended family, um, it really helps me to see that me following uh, Jesus has made a massive difference. I see a, a great difference between us, and I'm really thankful for that. Um, so yeah, Jesus is the truth. You can trust this message. Now James is going to talk about how <laughs> the truth will set you free. Yeah. How are we doing, church? Are you enjoying the student-led service? Yeah. Students are in control now. Forget the older people. We're in control. This is our time. Let's do this. So, uh, my name is James Azilai. Uh, I'm going to be sharing with you guys today uh, the message and just on my heart about understanding the truth and how it will set you free. Uh, can you guys turn to John 8, please? Just get going with this, man. Get it, get it going. Get it flowing. So John 8, verse 31 to 32. Just leave you a little question. So, how do you feel when you understand the truth? How does that make you feel, knowing the truth? Give a thing about that. So let's go to John 8, 31 to 32. I'm going to read. The Jews who have believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So Jesus is you know, talking to some people who believe him. These people are starting to believe in Jesus, trying to, trying to find out who he is a bit more, trying to kind of find out a bit more information about him. Jesus is like, Okay, you guys are open. Okay. You want, to, you want to, you know, know more? Okay, hold to my teachings and you'll, be set, and you'll understand the truth. Now, you've got to understand what and you'll be set free. So I'm going to focus on the truth. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to try and talk a bit more about the truth. And what does it mean? What do you think it means by being set free? What, what do you mean by set free of, you know? Because the Jews are thinking, mm, set free. I mean, we're not really, I mean, set free from what's, what do you mean by set free? So we look down uh, to verse uh, 34 and 35. Uh, if I can just turn there. You... 
Yeah, says, Jesus says, uh, very Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Not very encouraging, really. Uh, now, a slave has no permit place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So, not, what comes to mind when you think of a slave? Not really an encouraging thing, is it? A slave. I mean, you know, if, if someone said, you know, I am, you know, someone came up to you and said, oh, what do you, what do you, what, what's, what's your job? What, what do you, what, what are you doing? What, what are you studying to be? I'm studying to be a slave, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I keep, hope your university degree goes well with that. Yeah, no, you're not going to be like that. You're going to be like, what, what are you doing, a slave? I mean, we had so many bad memories of slavery. I mean, I think what comes to mind when I think of slavery is, you know, someone who's been treated harshly by someone else. Someone working for someone higher than them and just getting treated like terribly and getting like nothing in return. Or sometimes, maybe we can think of slavery as maybe, you know, slavery to an object. Maybe Jesus talking about slavery to an object. You know, sometimes we can be slaves to technology or personal, personal things. We, we can desire things and we really, I really need this and we can be a slave to it. Like, I really need this thing. Um, so I'm going to talk a bit about what Jesus is trying to talk about here. He's talking about trying to be enslaved to sin and how we, we can become set free from this. Um, so, in um, just looking a bit more, so a bit more example about what we think about what Jesus is talking about with, with the slavery of sin. So, you know, some examples that kind of roam to mind is, uh, you know, we can maybe it's talking about being slaves in terms of we can be slaves to objects or slaves to to particular things in our lives. So, I think some some examples I can think of is, uh, you know, money, slaves to money. Uh, you know, popularity, you know, you want to get popular, you want to get high on that, that social status, you know. Uh, technology, you know, iPhone, the new iPhone 7, man, I want it. I can be a slave to I'll do anything to get it. You know, I'll be a slave to that. Uh, personal opinion, what people think about me, oh my, what is this, what is that, you know, boy or that girl think about me, man? Do, do, do they like me? Do they this, that? I mean, this is so irritating what people think about us. You know, we can be really so a slave to that, we can be so enhanced in that. Uh, I think of um, even, you know, the internet and pornography and how things are controlling people's lives. I mean, some of the stories I hear of people, you know, I really appreciate and, and share about some of the struggles. I mean, some people I, I've met and talked to, I mean, my things are controlled by internet and pornography. And it actually runs their life. They are a slave to it. And it's just, it's kind of sad. Um, I'm, I'm just going to share uh, the story time now. Story time. So I'm just going like, to basically just uh, share my life how uh, I really understood this passage a bit more, how I really understood, you know, about the slavery of sin and, and just how we can be set free from it, how, how we can, what, what, it, what that really means. So uh, I've been a Christian for, for five years now, so I'm learning how to walk, I'm a toddler or five, I'm going to school now, I don't know where, but, you know, so I'm kind of, you know, I'm getting the hang of things now, five years old, and, uh, but uh, about four years ago, when I was like one year as a Christian, uh, I, I was part of this, uh, I think I shared uh, like ages ago, like months ago, uh, I, I was part of this like awesome school, Taylor went there actually, Taylor, Taylor was there actually, part of this awesome school with loads of Christians, we grew to about 16 Christians and the things were great, the things were lovely, uh, and then during that time, before then, when things were getting that way, um, I got my uh, GCSE results, and I wanted the A-levels and lots of results, and I was happy, because I got all C's and that's what I wanted, but I didn't get into A-levels. And looking back at it, I'm happy. But back then, I was kind of like, what am I going to do, you know? What am I going to do for the rest of my life, you know? What am I actually going to, like, I've got to make a decision. 
so I moved to a uh, going from this nice, lovely Christian school where good morals and things are lovely and everything goes well to moving to uh, college. I think probably I'm going to college. It's basically uh, basically where uh, you go when you're like about 16 to 18. It's kind of like school, but a lot more chill out and relax and stuff. So I went to college and that was different, you know. The environment was a lot different. The people I was around were a lot different to the people I was used to uh, back in my old school. So uh, a lot of my a lot of my friends were a lot of gangs, a lot of doing a lot of illegal things. Uh, like I remember <laughs> one of the guys I met. Uh, he, you know, he came up to me and was like, "One day, me and you, mate. One day, me and you're going to help me, going to steal that car right there. We're going to because he, he used to work for a gang." So he said, one day me and you are going to steal that car right there and we're going to try and steal, you're going to be my buddy, we're going to, we're going to help each other out you know, and steal cars together. And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, and it, this guy was great. I, mean, I remember him telling me the stories about how he used to supply guns. Actually, he still, I think he still does when I was talking to him. He used to supply guns and weapons to gangs. That was his job. So yeah, I didn't decide to chat to him. He used to supply guns and weapons to people. I remember another guy who came to, to my course uh, had a tag, you know, like you're on bail, you have like a tag on your foot. And I remember him showing it to me. I was like, oh man, so you can't get wet. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. And he's like, what do you get a tag for? Oh, I stabbed someone. He's like, what? Yeah, I stabbed someone. I stabbed my. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, cool. Um, don't be friends. <laughs> yeah, I know, it was, just, it was a crazy environment. I remember, um, and the people there were just really involved in a lot of uh, just uh, sinful sexual activity. I remember my friends just sharing about their, their sexual activities with their girlfriends. I remember one of my, well, okay, I say friends. My mom tells me not to call them friends, I call them more acquaintances, because then when the police knock at your, because <laughs> when the police knock at your door and say, "Do you know so and so?" I said, "No, tell they're acquaintances. They're not your friends. They're acquaintances. They're not your friends. You don't know those people." So I have, to, I, have to, I have to go like that. So they're, 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 my, they're my acquaintances, but I just, I call them friends for now. There's the police coming knocking in about some of the people, then they're all good. But I remember one of, one of my acquaintances uh, told me a story about, you know, how he used to have different partners and different sexual activities, and how at one time a, a girl who was praying that came to was like, this is my child. And he was like, no, it ain't. And he was like, this is your child. I remember just hearing about how, wow, man. And he, and he kind of said, you know, this, is, this ain't my child. I want to have nothing to do with it. Go and raise it on your own. And I was like, what? I mean, this is crazy. I mean, this is just like people just abandoning their, you know, their, their children. I mean, it's just so sad. Uh, but I just want to understand a bit of, the, bit of the, the environment that I was just going through on a daily basis. This is was, this was like a normal like, Monday, Monday, Monday morning. You know, a lot of these things were, were quite normal. Um, so as time kind of went on, I got used to, I had this big struggle spiritually, really, to understand, you know, the, the truth, because you're surrounded by people who want to do, you know, engage in sin, you know, not want nothing to do with Jesus or the Bible, and you got to. I start thinking, is this is this really what I want to do? Is this the Bible really what I want to follow? Is it really the truth? I mean, because they seem like having fun. I mean, they seem like things are going well for them. Uh, so I have, to, I have to really think about that a lot. Um, so um, as I, um, you know, I still kind of read the Bible. I still prayed. I still met with people. I still, you know, met with Christians, and I was still, you know, living out a Christian life. Uh, and I remember an opportunity came up. Uh, my college had a college trip to Barcelona, um, and it basically was like a school college trip kind of thing. And I really wanted to go on it, so I asked my mom. I was like, "Mom, can I please go on it?" And my mom was like, uh, "Yeah, you can go on it." And I was like, "Wait, really? You want to go on a trip with loads of like crazy people?" 
Uh, and she was like, yeah, I mean, go for it. I mean, you're going to face these challenges anyway. I mean, you've got to be used to hanging around with people and not going to follow the same thing. I mean, just go for it. Don't worry about it. Just go on the trip. It should be fine. So I remember I went on the trip and it, it was interesting. I mean, during the day we had to do all the, you know, the school, college stuff and, you know, that kind of lame stuff you have to do on holidays, which is not really, don't really get to dread that much. But in the evening, like, it was like you can, like, do whatever you wanted to do. You could, like... Basically, it's free time, basically, in the evening time. So I remember, like, me and my friends or acquaintances or whatever, <laughs> used to, uh, you know, they would just hang out and used to, you know, get food and stuff, and things are going well, you know? Until the last night. Um, on, 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 on the last night, uh, I remember uh, we went out, with my friends went and had some nice paella, and uh, it was lovely because I love food, I love chicken, so, you know, uh, it was quite good. Uh, I was having a good day so far. Uh, now that was like the evening time, and I remember leading up to the night, uh, there was no curfew, so we could come back as late as we wanted to. And I was with my friends, and having a good time, we just finished having dinner, walking down the street. Uh, and I remember my, my friends, they, they wanted to go to like, I don't describe, it's like a, like a shop or somewhere, and I waited for them outside, and they came out of the shop, and I'm walking down, just, just trying to decide what to do. Uh, and I remember one of my friends turned around and said, hey James, let's go to a strip club. I was like, oh, I mean, uh, oh, this is kind of, kind of big. I don't, I'm a Christian. And all my other friends around me was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go to a strip club. Let's do it. And I remember me standing there like, uh, I'm not going to go. And they were just like, what? You're not going to go? Like, you're such a boring person. I mean, what kind of dead life are you living? And I remember just, just being there, being like, they were saying the insults. Like, what are you doing? How can you miss this opportunity? I mean, this is going to be great. I mean, just go out while living. I mean, you know, no one's here. Your parents aren't here. You know, your church isn't here. Just go crazy, you know? I remember hearing this and I was thinking, maybe I should go, you know? Maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe I should, you know? Maybe I just take the opportunity just to, to go at it. But then I just kind of thought, would it be worth it? Uh, and it wasn't a faith decision. I don't think it was... Uh, a decision where I looked into a scripture and go, okay, because Jesus said this, I'm going to do it. It was just, you know, I'm just not going to risk it. I'm just, I'm just going to, I don't know why, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm just going to say no. And so I said, I'm, I'm not going to go with you guys. Uh, and they, they went off, they did their own thing, they went off to go to the, back to the strip club, I went back home to the accommodation bit, we were staying at the youth hostel, and I remember just feeling like, did I make the right decision? I mean, did I? I mean, was that really like the, the best life? I mean, should I really just explore happens and really go out and enjoy my life? I mean, am I just boring? Am I just dead? Is Christian life really dead? Um, and I was thinking, I think Jesus teaching is really like, is it really like, actually good? And, and I, was, I was thinking about it. And I was spending the whole night thinking about it. And then about midnight, I remember uh, some of my, my friends, that's, that's when they started coming home. And honestly, I remember that I was in the toilet, I was in the bathroom, and when I see one of them come back, and dude couldn't even walk, I mean, he was just like limp, I'm like, hi James, you know, just like, hi, and he, he couldn't even walk properly, he was like walking like up and down, like shaking about and stuff, because he was drunk basically, he, he couldn't walk, and I noticed that a lot of my friends were coming back really, really drunk, uh, and it was crazy, it was the first time I got to experience people who were drunk, who were my friends, and they were just some crazy things that one of my friends couldn't walk properly. Another one of my friends vomited across the whole room. Uh, it was really disgusting. It was like full of mushrooms and stuff. Oh. Yeah, it was really disgusting. Sorry, I just put it in your memories now. Sorry, I put the bad thought in your memory. Hopefully that kind of doesn't make you hungry. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, so um, it's just a bad, like there's like, vomit everywhere. Uh, one, of, one of my friends was just really crazy, he really wanted to have sex with a girl, and it was a girl I didn't even like, he was like, I want to have sex with her. And I was like, dude, what were you doing? I mean, it was almost like someone else was controlling his body, like he just wasn't acting himself. Uh, and then I noticed uh, when I walked out the corridor that about 90% of the college students uh, who are with were all drunk. Uh, and it was just crazy. I remember people were just doing all kinds of things, wanting to do things they never dreamt of doing in their life. But because it just felt like they were just under some kind of curse or some kind of like someone else controlling them. Almost like zombies. They were just doing anything. You could tell them to do anything and they would just do it. And it was kind of scary. Um, I remember, I, remember when I, was, I was calling my dad to let him know at the time because I knew if I told my mom, she was going to be warrior. I mean, my mom, she loves it. She's here right now. My dad's here right now. Uh, love, awesome, I love them being here. And she was just gonna worry and freak out and go crazy. It's all like, okay, I'm gonna call my dad. He's gonna be cool about it, he's gonna be calm, get some advice on what to do. So I called my dad, just told him what's going on. And my dad told my mom, oh no, oh boy, my mom went crazy. We're on the phone, like, I'm gonna come to the west. This is at midnight, by the way, it's at like 1 a.m. When, when, when did they fly to Barcelona? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna come on that flight, I'm gonna come to Barcelona right now. When's, when's the next flight? I'm gonna go right now, have a word in my mind to that teacher, and when you tell him what I think about him. And I was like, that's, that's why I really, that mom, this is why I wanted to talk to dad, this is why I wanted to talk to dad. To dad. Let him just, you know, handle this stuff. I know you love me, I, we all love our moms, and they can worry sometimes, but even because they love us, even because they care for us, you know. Uh, and she was worrying at the time. I was like, okay, it's all good, just, just don't freak out, it's okay. Uh, but it's just, it's just weird to see the lifestyle people were living. I remember uh, during my was going on, the guy who vomited in my room, I couldn't go in my room. So I went to visit him and he was on the bed, like kind of, he was kind of like drunk and kind of confused and stuff. And I remember one of my college friends, well, okay, it wasn't a friend, okay, it was not an acquaintance, so just someone I knew, in like an older year as me, walked in, uh, sees this guy on the bed, and he kind of walks in, sees this guy sleeping, sees this guy with his eyes open, he's still drunk, gets his fist and punches him five times right in the face. Punches him right there. Five times. There's blood coming out of his face with the guy who's on the bed. He gets the wallet, takes out 50 pounds from, from this guy who's, who's, uh, who's vomited. Takes out 50 pounds. The guy's probably like knocked out, doesn't know what's going on. The guy looks at me with some next look and is like, you didn't see nothing. And I was like, um, uh, I can't really lie. Because me, me, I was there, I was like, I can't really lie, I can't really, uh, I'm a Christian. <laughs> and he was like, you better lie, or else. I was like, or else what? You know, so he came on his muscles and being like, oh, so I'm going to beat you up. Uh, and I remember just being there like, okay, what do I do? You know, uh, this guy's going to cause a bit of trouble. Uh, and I, I remember just, you know what, God's in control, I'll just be like, not going to lie. And he was like, and he just walked off, and he was still a bit drunk as well. Uh, and I just remember just looking around all my college friends who were drunk, seeing them vomit, seeing them cry, seeing the sadness. And I was thinking, seems like a bit of a slave to me. Seems like they were, seems like they weren't doing good lives, not, not very happy lives. Uh, and I was like, is this really the true way to live? I mean, is it really the true way to, to go out, get drunk, party, just lose your mind, not know what you're doing, to make wrong decisions? I mean, is this really the truth in my life? Is this really the life that I want to live? Uh, and I remember just um, 
Yeah, just really uh, thinking in my head, like, is that, like, I was just happy with it. I was just like, you know, I just, I think I understood God's teachings. Because obviously the, the Bible talks about, you know, not falling into drunkenness, not falling into, uh, you know, sexual morality, and a lot of these things that these guys were doing. And I was just like, man, if I didn't hold to Jesus' teachings, where would I have been that night? What would have happened? Uh, and I, I remember just um, looking back and being praying and being like, God, I understand it. I understand why you want me to live this life. I understand the truth. I understand why you want me to, to live this, this life of slavery. That's what it really was. I mean, these people were slaves to drunkenness, slaves to sexual morality, slaves to uh, pleasing people. They were slaves to it. They were driven by it. But yet, because of the decision that I made, I chose it's not going to be for me because of holding to God's teachings. It helped me understand that, you know, really, I can actually understand a bit more about how I can be set free. I can, I can actually have an impact. I can actually stand out. I can actually not, you know, I cannot sink in these guys' holes that they're, they're, they're all sinking in. Um, and that really helped me out a lot. Um, it's quite funny because uh, the same guy uh, who beat up my friend, uh, I remember coming back to college and, and uh, I think one lunchtime I was just, you know, walking about with some friends and another guy came up to me and was like, guy, uh, hey, I'm looking for you. The guy who beat my friend up. Hey, I'm looking for you. I was like, what? And I just ducked out of college, man. I just left. And this guy was looking for me. I'm like, this guy's gonna, not going to find me, man. And I remember like, that was just kind of like a funny kind of thing that happened. I mean, it was kind of scary at the time, but yeah, it's kind of like another scary thing. But how, how are we doing? I ask. How are we doing with being set free? Do we feel like we live a set free life? Think about it. I think it's, it's, it's easy sometimes to look at our friends, look at the way they live, look at the worldly things they do, and be like, oh, it's kind of neat, it's kind of cool, you know? I want to do that. They were having so much fun. I mean, Going out, partying, getting drunk, you know, you know, having sex with people. I mean, that does sound like a, that sounds kind of fun. That sounds kind of exciting. But yeah, I think it's easy to forget that these people are slaves to it. These people are led by it. Let's go to in John eight. Let's look over back at verse uh, forty-four. I'm just going to read verse forty-four to forty-five. Uh, uh, where is it? Oh, it's here. Cool, cool, cool. It's here. You're there. <laughs> So it says, you belong to the father, the devil. You want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. But he is a liar, and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you, you do not believe me. I think it's so easy to fool for Satan's lies. I think it's so easy to, to think that all these things that my friends are doing, you know, drunkards, going to strip clubs, uh, partying, uh, getting involved in sexual relationships, to think that that would be good, that that would actually help us out. But really, it was all lies. My college friends out there, they were falling for lies. None of that really gave them any happiness, any truth. It didn't really help them out at all. Yet they were just slaves to sin. They were just falling for their desire. And being crumbled by it. Um, I think it's so easy to, to fall for this. I think it's so easy to uh, forget that this, these are all Satan's lies. And I think what I encourage the church to remember is that Jesus really is giving us the truth. We, we hold to his teachings, even though it may be hard at times. We can understand that all these worldly things that go on, they're all Satan's lies. None of them are true. 
Uh, I just want to share something else as well. So during this time I was in college and going through all this craziness, uh, I, um, I remember I, I, I thought, okay, let's have a battle discussion. I thought, let me be bold, let me try and you know, really save these people from, this, from the way they're living, from the, from the things that are going on in their life. Uh, and I remember I set up a Bible discussion, it was just me there. Uh, and I remember just I invited a few of my friends on Facebook and the amount of no's that I just saw coming, I go, no, no, no. I was like, oh man, can, can I just, just come? I mean, at least someone just come, you know, and I was just kind of like, can someone please come to the Bible discussion? You know? uh, I remember uh, I asked quite a lot of people and there was one girl who hadn't asked yet and I was kind of nervous, I wasn't too sure things should be open. I just thought, let me just send her a message anyway. She may be open to come. Let me, let me, let me just see how things go. Uh, and uh, I, I sent her a message on Facebook, uh, and she replied saying, I would love to come, but I'm ill. I was like, oh. So I was like, okay, I forget you. I just won't have a bowel discussion. I'll do something else. And then I remember, like, on the same week, she came up to me, just like, man, I'm so gutted I missed your Bible discussion. And I was like, wait, really? I mean, yeah, she wanted to come? I mean, I didn't think anyone wanted to come. <laughs> uh, and she was like, yeah, I really wanted to come to your Bible discussion. Uh, and I was like, oh, great. Well, you want to come to church? <laughs> and uh, she came to church. She uh, you know, enjoyed it. Uh, she started studying the Bible. But she didn't make it. Sadly, she didn't, she didn't make it. She didn't become a Christian. Um, but her sister became interested. She was like, oh, you know, my, my sister's been going to this church. So her, her younger sister started coming out to church. She was interested in what was going on with her, with her older sister. She was like, I want to, I want to you know, check out these people, see, see what's going on. She started coming to church, and then she started studying the Bible, and then a year later, she became our sister in Christ and got baptized. Amen. And that was just like a, a really, really good cool. And then even greater, her mom became curious. Like, why are you going to church? Look at these people, you know, I want to come too. So her mom starts coming to church, starting the Bible, and then she becomes a Christian. And that was just like just so inspiring. It's like, wow. Yeah, to see a mother and a daughter, uh, sister, you know, my, my sister in Christ, just because I actually just asked someone a question just to come to church. Because I understood that I wanted want people to be set free from sin. Uh, I just have just to close. Um, I want to say, how, how, how are we doing? Do we feel like we are set free from sin? Do we feel like we're set free from slavery? Do we, or are we still holding on to things? And if we do, I really encourage you to really uh, talk to someone, talk to you know, other Christians, talk to them. You know, you're holding on to something which is damaging you, which is causing you to be a slave to sin. I really encourage you just to talk to that person and to, and to really, somebody can help you, a Christian. If you're visiting for the first time, I'd encourage you just to spend time with the person who invites you, study the Bible, Learn more about Jesus' teaching. Find ways you can hold to them. Uh, I really encourage that. Uh, for, for us as Christians, you know, how are we doing with our evangelism? You know? How are we doing understanding the truth? I want us, our friends and our, 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 yeah, our parents and people we know to be set free. How are we doing with that? Uh, I really encourage us to think about, think about ways we can really have a heart to really want to set people free. Not just do it because someone asks you to do it, but do it because you genuinely can and genuinely want them. To be set free from the shackles of sin. Uh, I really just encourage you to do that. Uh, thanks so much for allowing me to preach. I hope you enjoyed it and uh, to God be the glory. Yeah.